from six to eight? That's what I'm saying. It's the joke workshop Mondays, six to eight p.m.s at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four ninety-nine. Good evening, there, my friends. Here at MutinyRadio.fm, Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it, It's high noon, everybody. High noon here at Mutiny Radio, and it is time, oh yes, for the Choose Poetry, Choose Life live poetry reading from Glasgow, Scotland, and beyond, everywhere else, places like Leeds, other things that I only know from football, the most important of unimportant things, Liverpool, clinching, the Premier League Finals, yes. Do you know what I love about watching soccer? Finally, I get to watch hot 23-year-old men actually make their goals. They're literally making goals. It's amazing. And then sometimes they take their shirts off. All right. <laughs> Feminism means that we get to objectify equally. Don't get it twisted, everybody. Oh, I love Premier League soccer. Anyways, we're going to pump into this Zoom room in a second and hear some awesome poetry. I'm excited to read from my thesis concerning things that can be doubted. If you've heard that before, that's because it's a Descartes quote. He actually wrote a book called Concerning Things That Can Be Doubted as well. And I flarfed him. And if you don't know what flarf is, it's a convention of poetry where you take other inputs and you make them your own and it's like a clever puzzle so i flarfed descartes and i sounded smart <laughs> look that all rhymed i'm a poet meow all right we're gonna be right back here it's the AltaCast. i'm your host pam benjamin this is brought to you by aaron gannon and andy talbot out of glasgow scotland going to school out there and meeting people and putting things together choose poetry choose life right after this Here 
MutinyRadio.fm and .sf, streaming the Zoomy Zoom Zoom Zooms all the way from Scotland. That's right. There they are. There's our Scottish friends. Thanks for having me here. No worries. Um, okay, so we're just going to start letting everybody in, and I'm going to mute you. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've never been on Zoom before, so I don't know okay. what to do. Tell oh, okay. me my thing. Well, yeah, so I'll explain it just quickly. Um, I'll mute you, uh, and I'll, when people are reading, everybody's muted except that person. And then right. there's this thing called Spotlight, and um, we put them. So, like, the big window, like, you see how, yeah, so they get the big window. And um, I think we've got you go, where did we put him, Andy? Now that you've heard the Zoom business, zoom a zoom zoom and a boom boom. Yeah, shake your rump. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just spitballing while we're getting this all together. On, I, I'm excited that we're using the technology in a way to bring people together. I guess, who knew? Who knew that this Zoom room thing would become such a I don't know, lifeline for people. I'm on this crazy call with these people in New Jersey, and I'm telling you, it has done more for me than, I, I, it's great. It reminds me of like the late 80s, early 90s, early internet, like AOL chat rooms where, you know, except there's a video, so you can't pretend to be a 14-year-old boy from the Ukraine. You know what I mean? All right, we're going to see if this Zoom room... I'm just trying out new material on people. It's good. Here we go. Let's see if we're in. Are we... We're good? We're getting it? Are we... Uh, Ken Cumberbatch. Oh, he sounds like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Love those those names. English names. Yes. Uh, everyone's joining the Zoom room. They're all getting in there. And Hi. but there we go. How's everyone doing? I'm fantastic. Life is great. This has been an amazing week. <laughs> the the planets were aligned in the weirdest way, <laughs> and that Fourth of July stuff was mm -hmm. off the hook. Sounds good. Oh, it never goes. It looked tasty. It looked very tasty. It's the best lasagna in the world. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So my, um, I had changed my diet really radically about six years ago, yeah. and on the first few weeks, I was so hungry I didn't know what because I didn't know what to eat. I could eat. Um, I lost ten pounds in two weeks, like in the bad way because I just I just didn't know what to eat, yeah. and I yeah. was so freaking hungry. My husband was on a long stretch of uh, days when he couldn't cook in terms of his job, and then one day he went right. Um, and set to with it, and, and he made this enormous lasagna, and I was so hungry, I ate three portions. So <laughs> that's that's, that's the best way. That's a good amount of lasagna, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was so hungry, but it never it never fails to save the day. It's yeah. a kitty, hello kitty. He oh, likes Aaron's to back. sit on the, he likes to sit on the laptop keyboard. Mm -hmm. He was upset today because I got locked out of the house. No. I recently got a Sorry. book. 
I got a Bukowski book. <laughs> it's, it takes me like 20 minutes to get like a 10 minute thing done because he always wants to be involved in whatever I'm doing. And then like I get so I, do, I don't have the heart to be like, get away from me. So I'm like, yes, and this is a pencil. Look, like <laughs> this is a cat, right? Not a puppy. Um, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like this week has lasted a million years already. So it hasn't it hasn't been good for you. Today was so so long, so long. What? What? Yeah. Somebody unmute Ken. Yeah, I just I just I just have <laughs> I think I think I've tried to. Um we good? You know. There oh, we go. Darling. Hello, yeah. Ken. So I wanted to I I wanted to let everybody know that we received our first complaint about obscenity. Oh wow. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, <you are? laughs> I know. Who was it? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that. I just think that I just like we should all pat ourselves on the back for being obscene <laughs> enough that somebody mm -hmm. decided to alert us to the fact that we might get in trouble with the law. Well, I'm I'm disappointed it took us this long to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say, how on earth have we managed? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, but nonetheless, yeah. the, that milestone has been achieved. So, mm -hmm. achievement unlocked. We can, we can okay. sail past it now. Great. Yeah. yeah. What, what was the uh, what was the complaint of what was the words? The um, the person doing the complaining did not was unable to give us. Yeah. Example. Oh. He didn't like. He didn't say. He no, no. So he's basically, um, he sent an email to Aaron who forwarded it on to me uh, and like, I was like, I'll sort it because like, I don't know, I think, and Aaron agrees that she would have just went in on him, to be fair. <laughs> 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 and, and while I wanted to, I, I was like, right. there were right, several have... lies in the original complaint. Yeah. I there were lies in the complaint. It was quite, yeah, there was a lot of shit in there. Basically, they got offended by, I don't know, some form of sexual imagery. Uh, and I question. I was like, basically, when everyone hears a lot with uh, well I can't, yeah. I can't remember any being particularly no, me no, either nor can i um so basically i just said that everyone's free to share what they want if there's anything that people feel isn't suitable or could be you know traumatic triggering then they'll give trigger warnings yeah. uh, and so basically I, I then asked him i was like who was it in what form and for some strange reason they couldn't recall um oh, right. so the description yeah, so, uh, also did not, he gave a very loose description and it did not fit any of the readings that we had last week. So I was, I don't know. It was, it was a bit of an elderly gentleman. He, he might have been mistaken about where he was. It was me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wrote it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, yeah, like, I mean, I just, I just think it's awesome. Like, you know, you're on the right track when somebody's complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. Was, was he like a, a mutiny radio listener or yeah i believe that... so i mean that was the impression really? that was the um oh. they were trying to cite the uk law transgressions and right. that was one of my sort of issues what? I was told, <laughs> if you're listening to it on a pirate now mind you it's a pirate radio station, yeah it's, it's yeah. which then oh is not God. subject to american laws or whatever yeah. fc Regulations. Yeah, there's no FCC like, regulations. No, it's pointless to cite UK sort of agency yeah, standards it's irrelevant. Yeah. at a at a at a at a US based internet based pirate 
radio station. So yeah. like, and, that and was weird. I mean, it's <laughs> there's no hate for a while. <laughs> I thought I got <laughs> any layers of confusion that it's making yeah, no, no, her. Sure. Like, I kind of almost feel like we have been uh, confused with a different poetry. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, might, you, you might want to complain about a different, an entirely different poetry thing. I know. Uh, I'm serious. I think so because I don't. But but well, I suspect so. Even, but even so, I like to be proud of the fact that we have a <laughs> No, I'm going to not take it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay, I'm just sitting here going, no, I only have one poem with fuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> Add a few more in. <laughs> I haven't even done my BDSM poem yet. So. Oh, no. It's, actually, that's true. You haven't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I one the other week about the Folsom Street Fair in Ooh, San Francisco yeah. when I was yeah. talking about people being publicly flogged and circled jerks and stuff. I don't yeah, know. But yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, okay, so I did make some notes on like what the, like the, the business we should take care of. And pretty much everybody knows this, but I feel like we should get into the habit. So the first one is welcome and thanks for coming. Our guest today is Michael Dean Damron. He is from Portland, Oregon. And he is just like an all-around badass. He's kind of a lifer musician. Um, his what is his band? I can lick any son of a bitch in the house. Was uh, that's a name. One of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the that's, most that's amazing bands like, oh, like it. on the circuit in yeah back in on the in the West Coast sort of the alternative like roots rock circuit. Yeah, he's really just an amazing songwriter um, and a friend. And um, then also, just to point out, uh, adjacent to this obscenity uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) conversation is that this is a safe space, which also means that it's an open space. So we should feel non-centered. I feel like that's part of having it be a safe space. Mm -hmm. So we're committed to that. Um, Obviously, no hate speech. We don't want anything to feel silenced. Um, And that's part of being non-censure as well. And then the third thing is just that the, we are broadcasting on Mutiny Radio, which is a pirate radio station in hey. the United States. And so, yeah, so <laughs> FYI, if you feel like there are people stalking you or whatever, you may not want to. Like, let us know in the, in the yeah, chat yeah. if you don't want us to announce where you are, like, yeah. radio or the internet. In, on, yeah. So that's, yeah. What do you, does Andy, what do you think? No, that's that's pretty much everything, isn't it? That's, okay. I think that's, well, I was just that's, like, that's, that's what I said back to him, basically. I was like, you know, this is, this is a place where people come to say what they want. Like, mm-hmm. why are you surprised? Why are you, like, nobody here wants. There was, a, there was a note about offending the community, and I was kind of like, the community is those of us in the Zoom meeting. So yeah. 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 Yeah, so we, the are, whole we, are, we are the ones who the decide world. standards. Yeah. So. yeah. If we if we were offending a community, like if somebody had said something racist or whatever, then yeah, legit complaint. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And and honestly, that's what we'd want to know, isn't it? Like if mm-hmm. it was me hosting, I'd be like, hell yeah, I, I would want to know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think speaking personally, though, if someone was like being racist on here, I would call them out on it. You right know. Away. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I think you'd set them on fire, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I could physically get at them, yes. <laughs> so yeah, so with that, 
our business taken care of. Um, I just wanted, like, so Andy, do you want to take the first half? Yeah, go for it. Um, Suzette's just going to put my drink down. What are you drinking? That looks good. What um, is it? So it is an attempt at sangria. Um, oh, on a whim. Nice. Uh, it's not as see-through as it should be. Because I used them. Um, Blood orange juice instead of well. You've chosen the right weather for it, Andy. Yeah, We've it's got like, that Mediterranean climate at the moment. No. Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna get my mind too. Like, I need a sangria. <laughs> I'm being bad. It tastes nice. That's that's all, and it, and it looks nice as well, which is equally important. It's it's um, noon I'm just here. Check if it I were first read it. It's noon here, and that's I'm it. being bad because I'm gonna open a bottle of wine. There used to be well. a place. In Newcastle, that would do. Oh, well, we won't mute it again. No, no, no. I want to hear this. <laughs> there used to be a place in Newcastle called Salsa Club, which has closed now, and it's a sushi place. But they used to have a thing where, if you bought like a pitcher of sangria, um, you would get like unlimited nachos for the table. And me and a friend of mine once once went in there one night to take advantage of this, and we got so wrecked. It was like you're just like, oh, this will be great. All like, the nachos. It's called a balanced diet. Well, I I will confirm that this solid Vimto. <laughs> Straight no chaser, eh? Here, the first person is not here, huh? Oh, so shall we move on to Rosalind Fairclough? Okay, so now I'm going to mute everybody. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> and now we lost you, and now you're muted. We lost you, Rosal. There you are. <laughs> okay. How long do I have? Um, we normally say about five, six minutes, but we won't cut you off. Brilliant. Okay, so I'll just do two quick ones. Um, my name's Ros Fairclough, but when I write poems, I call myself Rosalind York. And I'm coming to you from the north of England. I'm coming to you from Yorkshire. Um, so this first poem is about my granddad, who was a miner in the South Yorkshire coal fields. Okay, it's called Barnsley Jet. The cages drop us into midnight at daybreak, come for a black harvest. Slabs on the belt thunder to the pit head. We work in heat and the explosive breath of gas. Machines worry the blood from our knuckles. I am a black ghost, head to toe, midnight specter of the meaning of money. The showers rob the pit of us. I take my life off its peg, put it back on. Not hearing the stowaway timepiece clocking on in my lungs. And the other one I'll do is because, because that was about my granddad, I'm going to do one about my mum and dad and how they met. This is how my mum and dad met. It's called Lovers to the Appointed Place. Picture this as a movie from the 40s, bright orchestration as the girl trips along, hair like Hedy Lamarr, Betty Grable legs, heels that clipped the stones beneath, wool coat 
Beret, maybe. What time of year is this? Perhaps she drops her books, Judy Garland fluster, or kneels to tie a lace. Perhaps she simply sways down the Wakefield pavement. Grey eyes sunk in smoky lids, lips slicked. And here's the boy to meet their future. Brogues and Oxford bags, hair a rumple of pomade, shirts splattered in paint, arguing, no doubt, about the figurative versus the abstract. War-heavy jungle hanging hot behind him, though he must still carry in his mind one shattered fuselage, one lost pilot brother, as he takes at art school a returning soldier's chance at education. Long shot. Two young men on the art school steps. Perhaps a splash of movie dialogue. I sailed, chap. But knowing Dad, all I can hear is Agiowa. The soundtrack catches, though, his boast as he stops his friend, grabs at a sleeve. That right there, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And the figurative pit head, 11 plus, a misplaced army jeep, gives over to the abstract. Beauty, hope, and ah yes, love in the sound effect of a heartbeat. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love that. That was brilliant. Please come back and read again. Um, okay, so next up we have Stilly. So I do believe we're gonna drop in and co-host. Which I can't do. Uh, Erin, can you make study a co-host, please? Still can't uh, access anything. Oh, right. Screen share. Um, I can't make you a co-host from here. I think Aaron can though. I did. Well, I thought I did. Hold on a second. Okay. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah I'm on. Right. Okay. Uh, this is a, a poem I uh, I wrote uh, last year. I've performed it a few times. And I'm going to perform it now. So there you go. What more do you need to know? Um, so here we go. Okay. So this one is called the Oratorio Amusia. Lucy Louise Lucinda McConnock played the gong in the Leeds Philharmonic, a post she received through persistence and will, and not by hard practice or patience or skill. But let's not judge her too early or test her until we learn how she joined the orchestra. For from a young age, Lucy liked making noises or what she called songs in deafening voices. Whatever the object she'd find in a room, she could not wait to break out into tune or out of tune, which was more often the case. 
yes, she could be heard any time, any place. With no thoughtful rhythm, beat or for key, she wailed and played like a tone-deaf banshee, never patient enough to learn the right tune. She'd make her own up and forget that as soon. And just when you thought that she surely must pause, then Lucy would give half a dozen encores. When she took lessons to learn the recorder, the teacher did try, but Lucy ignored her. No music, just squeaking, no song, just a shout. She made her teacher's back fillings fall out. And instead of playing the White Cliffs of Dover, she made the school hamster fall into a coma. No, not for a minute could Lucy stay static. Her fingertips jarred and hums were erratic. Even her snores had irregular beats. Her sneezes were flat as hospital sheets. On one fateful day when young Lucy tried busking, the feedback was awful and foul and disgusting. But unmoved by critics, she sought a career in bands, groups and choirs, she searched far and near. But auditions fail if you can't sing or follow the music and just make a din. And her dream job, the one that obsessed her, was Lucy's desire to join an orchestra. She sucked at the flute, the oboe and drum, the basset horn, worse than if played by one. Clarinet, cor anglais, tubers were blast and sounded as if they were breathing their last. Violin violence, harpsichord discord, audition outrage, melody ignored. While Lucy was still without patience for learning, her fidgets continued and so did her yearning. And so she wrote letters to orchestras daily for any small prospect, even ukulele. Until a reply came to dress to Miss Connock, sent second class from the Leeds Philharmonic. Conditions were strict, no room for debate. A one-year contract at minimum rate. Instant dismissal if a note was played wrong. Responsible wholly for care of the gong. With terms and conditions and small print unreckoned, Lucy McConnick signed up in a second. But during rehearsals, her nature suspicioned. Why had no other gong bangers auditioned? For the piece performed called The Passion Desired was three hours long and only required one bang of the gong and that at the finish, Miss Lucy's delight began to diminish. The orchestra practiced, the choir rehearsed, as Lucy sat quietly ready to burst. She patiently counted the minutes away behind the great gong with nothing to play, with no songs to be sung or fingers to drum, so humless and tuneless she sat there quite dumb. No clapping, no slapping, no clicking, no tapping, just trembling silence with nerves nearly snapping, enwrapped by the music in self-induced trance, three hours without sound, without passion or dance, until the last page of the adagio, she finally gonged out her one note so low, and then in an instant left panting and reeling, Lucy was filled with the ecstatic feeling that she had made music the world could enjoy. One harmonious note that didn't annoy. A perfect denouement for three hours of hell, which needed some planning ahead, she could tell. Behind the great gong for the next full rehearse, then Lucy explored several ways to disperse her fidgets and twitches, both covert and muted. A long game of patience seemed thoroughly suited, but somehow turned into a tall house of cards. She needed to work on some surer safeguards. A thousand-piece jigsaw of Kingston on Hull was mildly diverting, but just a bit dull. A painting by Numbers by Botticelli was slightly more gripping, but also quite messy. 
and complex wool patterns required for knitting made lovely gong cozies, but far too much clicking. Rehearsals progressed to the first concert show and Lucy allowed her ambitions to grow. A tapestry showing the Third Trojan War was started whilst finishing Tomb Raider 4. She read in three hours of Mice and Men during completing a Lego Big Ben. As shows proceeded, she became far less squirmy through practicing yoga and owl taxidermy. Behind the great gong for three hours therein, she stripped down and cleaned her Ford Master's engine. Whilst ironing clothes and filing her taxes, she groomed seeing-eyed dogs and repotted her cactus. And maybe, just maybe, it might have gone on with Lucy engrossed whilst awaiting the bong. But just as with all routines practiced with patience, her diversions led to a reckless complacence, so much so that during a toe pantomime, she realized she had forgotten the time. With seconds to spare, she leapt to her feet, but tripped on a partially stuffed parakeet, and stumbling up of embroidered balance, her puss in boots puppets marred her balance. Lucy headbutted and finished the symphony, but toppled the gong and flattened the timpani. Bloodied and shaken, she lay on the gong. The audience realized that something was wrong. But who was this girl they never had seen? And why was her big toe dressed up like the queen? And what was the deal with the matchsticks and paws, the cake decorations and juggling balls? Who'd been refilling those old toothpaste tubes? And why make a Stonehenge from B. Foxo cubes? A gallon of plum jam? A Darth Vader scarecrow? An Ikea coffin? A hamster tableau. None of it. None of it made any sense. So all of them waited for Lucy's defence. And when they heard how she had waited so readily and how much she wanted to join in the melody, all were impressed with Lucy's conformance and asked her to show them her secret performance. And on centre stage, they watched her repeat three hours of pantomime juggling with feet. For in truth, the passion desired was quite boring. And what better way to stop the crowd snoring than watching a young girl host an earwig Grand Prix whilst making a giant swan origami. Plates spinning, eels skinning, a change every night as Lucy performed as hard as she might, inaudibly entertaining the throng until right at the end, she banged on her gong. That was tremendous. And the listening audience can't tell, but he has beautiful illustrations that go with the entire poem. It's They're great. Uh, what do I need to do to give you a screen back? Well, just stop oh. staring at the top. Oh, thank, gosh. <laughs> thank you. You're listening to Choose Poetry, Choose Life here on mutinyradio.fm. 
with Andrew Talbot and Aaron Gannon at all. Yeah, cool. Right, um, let me check to see. Yes, the next person. Yeah. So we'll move on to Finn Hall. Ooh, Finn Hall, yay, yay! I'm here. <laughs> Just about. I seem to have. Yeah, can you hear me? I seem to have control of the screen here too. I've one of my boxes and it's. Uh, I can unmute people, so. I don't mind. I'm not doing that anyway. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. As usual, a tiny bit unorganised. I was finishing watching uh, the new series of Warrior Nun on Netflix. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Right. Um, I'm going to do one. Actually, I might have a bit of swearing in it as well. I might elongate the abbreviation to swearing instead. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if it was one I did last week, but no, the one I did was swearing in every line was about three weeks ago. So if that guy's on or person's on, I'll leave you that to help them out. But anyway, this one's called, uh, I'm going to try to be a bit lighthearted this week. This one's called Rainbow. <clears throat> oh, look, a rainbow. Oh, look. Another rainbow. Oh, do be quiet. Mummy, look, another. Oh, shut the fuck up. Come on, hurry up. I've got to get to the blooming shop. I need my fags and tenants special. Got to catch a bus. Hurry up, you wee thing, you. But, Mum, I want to count the rainbows. I'll give you count the rainbows. Daddy's got a statue to protect. Mummy, what? You and your bloody questions. Mummy, who's he protecting the statues from? Them. Them, you can. Oh, shut it. Hurry up. Mummy, you know what I miss? No. What do you miss? I miss banging the pots for the nurses. Ah, oh, so do I. The nurses. Ah. Oh. Thank you. And I find one I haven't done before. But maybe end up doing one I've done before, but who cares? Okay, this one's um Yeah, this is kind of relevant to that thing. If I can find the start, that's what I do. It's called nothing personal. Ah. So you know better than the experts, huh? So you think that you shouldn't wear a mask. So there's only six people on the bus. Are they okay? Did you ask? Did they show you the results? Or do you just not care, putting others at risk? Telling lies that you're exempt? Why are you a selfish prick, making excuses for not wearing one? The stiff upper lip. For now, it's getting better, but nowhere nearly done. But when I find, when it finally has lessened, don't say, see, I told you, son, but you maybe have passed it by accident to some innocent someone. For now, I think apologies should be given to filmmakers, the characters they create, who stupidly, in every scary film, make the same old dumb mistake, going into a dark basement where we shout, don't go there, or up on the roof when being chased. It seems that it's based on reality when common sense escapes. All short this week. Thank you. 
the one more, the stars. I'm only doing these because they're actually in order in my book and it's easier than breaking through everything. <laughs> it's written in the stars. But what if the stars can't write? And who is it says the stars are able to write? When do they have time to write? As they hang about the heaven, trying to avoid crashing into each other, desperately looking to escape the inevitable black hole that beckons. They surely must have better things to do, more salient things on their mind than point the way for us. Us, many who need a crutch to lead on, be it religion, be it astrology, be it praise, be it being told how good we are. Us, good. With all this shit goes on, and all the shit we've done, it is written in the stars. I write. Thank you. Keep it just now. Thanks, Finn. Yeah, no problem. Next up, we're going to go to Beth Hartley. pajamas in B-flat. My pajamas are singing songs to me. Songs about where my body longs to be. Lullabies and bye-byes, night songs and sidelights, ever since the twilight crept closer to home time and blankets drew in. Ever since the heavy tog took up its place from that time I have wanted to cover my face. From the nip and the finger of Jack the Frostbringer returning to fleecy as soon as decency will allow. Matching beauties to, to soothe me, lull me into security, sleep, sweet surrender until something else renders me. Winter waiting and anxious, a chill from within and the bill is alike. Still over the day and right through the evening, I can hear them crooning and calling my name. My pajamas are singing, the dreamland they're bringing. I lay down in hopefulness that my mind will rest. There's a precursor to my third one. Here's the second one. This is called A Poetic Irony. And I should be reading it from memory, but I'm not. So it's even more ironic. I'm a full text paper print preacher like I am. I read it from Parker Pen and Ink Poet. No memory for me. I like the feel of the real. My words beneath my hands. The proof that they exist is that I am present in my presence. My memory serves me so far well enough that people question its accuracy. And I know quite easily what was said. For in my head I have repeated it end endlessly. The words start everywhere. On a bus with no fuss in my head on the way to bed on my phone some random text walks by and grabs me. I am a logophilic kidnap victim and I love it. Raw and rush the unexpected, the words are running, so am I, into a wave of spring. I am a stop me rambling so I get a down writer and I can't list a list maker but I thought I'd see how this works out for me. Now, those of, you <laughs> those of you who know me in real life and those of you who see me on screen will know that this is what I read from. 
this is uh, affectionately referred to as my uh, shiny. I am holding up a copper-coloured Lystrom 1917 lined notebook. It's getting full. I've had to buy it a friend. I ordered this beast. How freaking lush is this? This is a hand-bound, custom-made uh, notebook by Citrus Book Bindery in Hetton Hall in County Durham. They are incredibly gorgeous. In fact, they're so gorgeous that I decided I would... Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to know what a lot of money on custom stationery looks like? It looks like that. So um, I love it so much and I'm so happy because I've been saving up to get one. That I wrote uh, Fran and Ian who uh, run the company, I wrote them a poem. So that's what I'm going to read to you this evening. It's called The Grace of Fate. Iron smooth. Laid waiting, you absorb my ink and sweat and tears. Survive the smudge of cake and days stood waiting for the train. Forgiving, as I write and cross, squeeze words into lines at double time, striking with purple for edits and corrections, and even though the empty still, still fills me with a prickle of fear, I also sense delight, for I have faith in you. You have never failed to provide a space for everything. From palimpsest to custom made, you are the most receptive place for everything I'm keeping in. Sadness and glory, poetry and story. This is the grace of paper. Thanks, Beth. That was awesome. Um, we're going to move on to AJ McKenna. Ah. Yes, okay. Can everyone hear me okay? Yeah. Excellent. Okay, I'm going to do two new ones this week. Um, the first one is me... I actually, I literally wrote this just last night, um, and it's my attempt at something that someone um, did for us last week, which was the the Luuli, the um, the uh, the Asian verse form, um, which is you have an opening verse of thirty one syllables, which are all um, statements; they're all instructions. Um, a three-line, fourteen-syllable verse that can be about anything you want, and then a ten-syllable, two-line couplet at the end. Um, so I was looking into this, and there are various versions of it. There's there's a version where you can do like a mirrored Luuli, so you st so you do it, and then you. And then you do like the the opposite way around again, and that's what this is. This is a mirrored Luuli, which is about um, the government and the coronavirus pandemic and everything. And its current working title is "You Lie Holy." 
Hurley with a W. Lie about the death toll. Lie about the tests. Tell your loving public that you love the NHS. Say it's science guiding you and not your self-interest. Are you trying to say this is not your mess? That it's what we should accept? That we should cease to question, acquiesce to your deception in the name of politesse? Get wrecked. Accept this. Own it. No more fast and loose. Stop trying to cook the books. Do your fucking job for once and tell the fucking truth. Apologies to anyone in the community who might have been offended there by the, uh, the word fucking. Um, I don't think it occurs in this one. It probably does. This next one. Um, this is a poem that I wrote after being sent a, a poem that a really, really rubbish local comedian has written um, about basically how upset he is that people call him out for using slurs. Um, but it's not really about that. If you actually do a bit of digging on the guy's career like I have, you realize pretty quickly that it's actually about the fact that he isn't good enough to get any poetry gigs outside of working men's clubs in the Northeast. And he's really bitter about that. So um, this is a response to his poem. Um, it's called Compass Points and Icons. You wear the north on your sleeve. Stand by the gutted buildings you call icons with the metropolitan vacuity you say you so despise. You play your accent for the camera, putting bass in your voice like a trans boy who isn't yet on T. You play up victimhood that isn't yours, to hide the fact you cry because somebody called you out online, because the chuckle forums seeming less and less like home. Harder and harder to place your mates' reviews, because fewer and fewer of us are impressed by your standing ovation in Seton Carew. But to quote a northerner more talented than you, I live here too. I never got the accent, never blended in, so I can't fall back on the cliches you use. I have to speak for the north that I see, and not your authenticrat fantasy. I have to speak for the people I know, not the army you like to imagine. The girl I knew who went to prison where she had to detransition because of men like you. The women who are funnier than you will ever be, who stay out of the scene because of men like you. The kids who are beaten up in the street by those who laugh at men like you. And all of them are working class, real proletarians, and not the self-employed small business class, perennial fascist backbone. They are working class, and Newcastle is not a metropole, and we're not an elite, and you are not the North I've always known. And that's it. Cheers. Thank you. Who was that about? I, I'm sorry, I don't... He's a, a guy called... Um, oh, well, I'm looking at his name... Chris something he he did he did this show he's a guy who um he he's a, a sort of really rubbish working hang on hang on um I've got someone messaged me about him a while ago um 
because he, uh, yeah, he's called Chris McGlade. Um, he does what a friend of mine has described as pound shop chubby brown material. Oh, uh, well, no, he's, he's, it's on record that he's made this show and everything. Um, so thank, thanks for Ken for the point about libel. But he's done what a friend has described as pound shop chubby brown material. And Christ. essentially he's does, he, he's done, he does a poem in his new show, which lasts eight minutes. And someone sent me a video of him reading it um, sitting by the, the steelworks at Redcar, which had been closed down, which he referred to as an icon of working class history. And right. icon is one of those words that really gets on my tits because like, you know, everything's a fucking icon. So, um, so that annoyed me to begin with. And then the rest of the poem is just, oh, it's rubbish. It's really rubbish. But he's like, because there are a lot of rubbish people in the world, it's kind of gone a bit viral and he's had, it's been shown on Fox News and stuff. And he's yeah. all like, oh, this is great, but it's, he's really shite, to be honest. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a he's a rubbish comedian. <laughs> um, but uh, so I just thought, yeah, I'm going to do a reply to that. So that, that's what that is. So yeah. Right. Cancelled. Oh. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out just to see how shit it is, but uh yeah. Yeah, that sounds, it's pretty shit. That sounds I, I spent the night after watching it kind of well, I wound up writing that because I spent the night pacing around the flat just like you are so rubbish. I have to write something about this. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Erin, are you gonna yeah, yeah. I just, I have Mike. Or what do you think about going next? <laughs> cool. I'm asking you to unmute yourself. What's up? That's so, cool. Yeah. Cool. So everybody, this is Mike D. Hey guys. This is a. Uh, this is wonderful. This is a great event. My uh, grandpa was a coal miner too. Oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, you guys are all amazing. Thank you so much for this. This is great. Um, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm really scared. Anyway, uh, uh, so I'll play a few songs that I wrote. And uh, these are all pretty recent. Um, and you can hear it okay? Everything's okay? Tell me if it's weird, Aaron, or crappy. Okay. Uh, I wrote this a couple days ago. Bobby, why do you hate them spiders? You can't kill them all, like Metallica said. Uh -huh. They have been here longer than God. They goddamn God to put those nightmares inside your head. And why do you fear those pretty little girls? They're afraid to go to the dance, just like you. And their palms sweat, and they got the butterflies. We hate the butterflies, all seventh graders do. And butterflies and spiders. From the cradle to the grave. Like junior high school dances 
No one is ever saved. Why do you fear the wrath of God? Why do you fear what you cannot see? I promise you there'll be no wrath of God. At least that's what he told me. Butterflies and spiders from the cradle to the grave like thunderbolts from heaven no one is ever go on and dance when the fears die hard but as I breathe in paradise I'll make my stand and butterflies and spiders from the cradle to the grave make your home in paradise no one is ever saved. Butterflies and spiders from the cradle to the grave, like junior high school dances. No one is ever saved. Okay. It sounds excellent, Mike. That's okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, here's about my buddy. Uh, well, I, I get it. You can't say fuck a lot. I use that word a lot. And so no, we shit. can say fuck as much as we want. That's more of just of a joke. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. Like we're absolutely not scared of getting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't get anybody any just, shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, dude, I'm the host. Come on, you know me. Okay, right. <laughs> I know you. I do know you pretty well. We did a lot of partying together. We did. <laughs> okay. So don't worry here's, about it. Here's a song called. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out the fuck set. Then I got I'll, every other song will have that shit in it. So cool. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Okay. It's called It's called Fuck It All Blues. It's about uh these times, you know, uh, living in fear and kicking it in the ass. You know what I mean? I hear you like to build walls Brick by brick Oh wait, that's the wrong song, hold on <laughs> Shit It's a small world after all Come on, let's get up out of here 
Shake off our fear like a snake who's seen the future of the dust bowl in his rearview mirror. Does everything come with a price nowadays? Ain't nothing yet for free. Can you find a little love in your heart for an old broke down mercenary like me? For an old broke down mercenary like me? For an old broke down mercenary? Come crystal clear, dripping out of a blood red sky. Dreams so dystopic and terrified. Have you ever seen a grown sad crow cry? Have you ever seen a grown sad crow cry? Have you ever seen a grown sad crow cry? So grab yourself by your balls, put on your kicking ass shoes. Shake those goddamn end of the world. Fuck it all blue. Fuck it all blue. And an honest man, you know his soul, he would never sell. With a preacher man, he got one, and it never ends way. Fuck it all. Seems a little bit different this time. Like we all done lost our collective mind. And it's do or die in this whole life. There ain't no overtime. There ain't no overtime. No, there ain't no overtime. So grab yourself by your balls. Put on your kicking ass shoes. Shake those goddamn end of the world. Fuck it all blue. Grab yourself by your balls. Put on your kicking ass shoes. Shake those goddamn end of the world. Fuck it all blue. Fuck it all blues. Fuck it all blue. All right. Thanks, buddies. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, let's see. This next year's song is about my little dog. I, a couple years ago, I was I was getting ready to go on a long tour, and right before I went on my tour, I uh, I was uh, I was going to go all the way to New York and back. And um, I got uh, diagnosed with diabetes right before I left. So I had to quit drinking and quit all this, you know, eating bad food and all this shit. And then a couple of days before I was supposed to leave, my dog died. And um, it's my favorite, you know, like, I don't really like people that much, you know, but uh, I love my dogs, you know, and they're, they mean the world to me. I, do, I love people, actually. I mean, I mean, as, as individuals, not as a fucking species, you know, but... 
anyway, this here's about my dog. His name was Little Mike. Uh, I named him after me, you know. I named him Mike because uh, every time I told him I loved him, it was like I was healing myself, you know. So it was pretty cool. Anyway, this here's called Little Hero. Sit still, little boy. I want to take a picture of you. I wish I knew what went on inside your head. He said, that's easy, Dad. I like long walks with you. Belly rubs and the taste of the wet dog food. That is a song I'm about to sing in three quarters time. There's something magic about an old man and his dog. Got a course gonna make you cry, make you shout. I'm gonna love you, little boy, till my soul bleeds out. I'm gonna love you, little boy. My little hero, rest your tired head underneath the blue skies. That's what your old man said. That's what your old man said. He's a fighter, tough just like a soldier on the beachhead in Normandy. But life's got a way of kicking your ass and making you sick and putting you down on your knees. But I can feel you, Lord, I feel you in my heart, and I believe you're up in the clouds with your tongue hanging out. You're watching over me. My little hero, rest your tired head underneath the blue sky. That's what your old man said. That's what your old man said. You're gone. It's one less good thing in this world. But this for sure I know. If God don't let little dogs up into heaven, man, I ain't gonna go. You know I ain't gonna go without my little hero. Rest your tired head. I love you now, I love you forever. That's what your old man said. That's what your old man said. That's what your old man said. Yeah. All right, that's about my little dog. Missing. But uh, I don't believe in heaven and shit, God and all that kind of shit, but I believe in that fucking rainbow bridge, man. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna get to that. All right, now just to put a little political stuff like, uh, and uh, I know y'all from other countries, everybody's from England, Scotland, UK, you know, right? I suppose um, I wanna apologize for America's dumbass. 
as a, you know, as an American. Got a lot of anger in me right now. Uh, we're gonna change shit though pretty soon. We're gonna get it done. I believe that, you know. I'm not playing with the fucking clown anymore. You know, anyway, here's a song. I wrote this song the day after the motherfucker was uh, elected. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, I didn't play it out much because I felt like it was pandering, but now I really don't give a shit, you know? But um, here. He liked to build walls, brick by brick. And I like to tear them down with my heart and my fist. You don't like Mexicans. Never did a goddamn thing to you. Right now, the only thing I don't like in this world is a rich asshole in a red ball hat and a suit, so fuck you. You. I heard you say proudly, son. You likes to grab him by the pussy. Best not let me see that bullshit. Or you'll be picking your teeth up from out in the street. And man, you best believe there's more of us than there is of you. So get down on your knees. Give a belly button kiss to your boyfriend David Duke and fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You and your brothers all dress like clowns and ghosts. Yeah, man, y'all the same. Why don't you get back on your boat here? And go back from where you came. You and your right hand man, Mr. Christian, Michael Pence. Y'all dumb motherfuckers need to read a science book. Cause we all about to die, you punk, and it make no sense. So fuck you. something to say it's all about being free boy you ain't gonna like what i gotta say because ain't a fascist been made they can fuck with me so fuck you fuck you fuck you 
Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all listening to me. I appreciate all y'all's poetry, too. It's beautiful stuff, man. Thank you. I'm going to hang out a little bit if that's cool. Just to, I like hearing you. I'm going to schedule. You have time for one more if you want. It's up to you. All right. Sure. Okay. I got, I got a new one. I I'm going to go by the schedule because, like, I'm trying to. Okay. I don't care. I don't, I'll get up. Okay. Um, this here's. Oh, oh, yeah. Here's about a. I don't uh, know if you saw in the chat, but. Um, Everybody wanted to make sure that uh, you know that they apologize for Boris and Nigel. Boris. So. Boris is just man, that's a dumb motherfucker, man. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Like, Putin, Putin sure got his big fat nose into everything, man. <laughs> man, damn, Boris. Yeah, Trump and Boris, man. They that's a hell of, hell of a pair. Um, here's a here's a song I wrote about my daughter and uh about uh. Girls, girls in general, women who kick ass. So, all right. <laughs> she was a hot shot pilot out of Pensacola, made her captain's bars at 24. She studied her math and aerodynamics, that's how she made her captain's bars. But she loved the blue skies and the speed and the power. First in her class, a beer top gun. Officers mess every day was the same thing. Coffee and bacon and a cinnamon bun. Coffee and bacon and a cinnamon bun. Trails, played with her dolls and little toy guns. Gonna be like Snoopy or Hero. Gonna shoot down the Red Baron. Gonna shoot down the Red Baron. Gonna shoot down the Red Baron. Where do our dreams go? They can die if left alone. Where do all our little dreams go? Where do our dreams go? Up in a cloud of black smoke, where do all our little dreams go? That red alert, time to get to the cockpit, red alert. It's time to kick ass, enemy crossed an invisible line. We need a hero with pigtails that's good in math. Need a hero with pigtails, good in math. Now little Debbie. Had perfect vision and little Debbie had perfect aim. She was skilled with the protractor, had a country to save and lines to tame, had a country to save and lines to tame, had a country to save. Where do our dreams go? They can die if left alone. Where do all our little dreams go? Where do our dreams go? In a cloud of black smoke, where do all our little dreams go? And Debbie's daddy said, You can play with the boys. Daddy said, 
Go and play with him, boys. You know the boys is bigger than you, but you can do anything that they can do. You can do anything that the boys can do. You can do anything that the boys can do. The devil said, Daddy, I think I'll go to flat school. Where do our dreams go? Lord, I love to watch her grow. Where do all our little dreams go? Where do our dreams go? Oh Lord, I love her so. Where do all our little dreams go? Where do they go? They go. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So we're right, yeah. unmute everybody. Well, um, good. Yeah, and then that will be the break, right, Andy? Is that what you meant? Tim? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. And then um, that was I'm awesome, by the way. Thanks, guys. I appreciate all y'all very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, wait. So, uh, attendant to Lil Mike, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Mike, but do you remember Iggy? My yeah, cat. I got it. He's sitting here right next to me right now. Not my, no, no. Oh, you mean Lil Mike is? No, Mike's Iggy, like his brother. I got his brother too. I went oh. down there and picked up his brother. Wait, I didn't know his brother was named Iggy. Iggy, yeah. like, huh? Okay, yeah, do Iggy. you remember my cat? Do you remember my cat, Iggy? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, do you got him with you? Oh, yeah. That, his ashes are in the thing. Oh, no shit. <laughs> No shit, yeah. But oh, anyway, wow. Mike used to stay at my, at my and my husband's house when they were on tour. And so Mike probably cuddled with Iggy at some point. But anyways, yeah, I put his, I had his ashes put in the ink. Yeah. So, yeah. No, the first I person I cuddled with at your house, man. Pardon? I wouldn't be the first person I cuddled with at your house, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got some rough stories about that house, man. They're yeah, crazy. we do. Yeah, we yeah. do. I can't that. That'll definitely get y'all kicked off pirate radio. There's some salty stories for sure. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm gonna go. Wait, are we, are, Andy? Are you unmuting everybody? What happens? Yeah, I will do. Okay, because yep. like I sometimes we both do it at the same time, and then yeah. I and mean, then everyone's muted again. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like being in a revolving door. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Sorry. Um, that was right, great, That was so, that fuck you song was so oh, good. Thanks. And the butterfly stuff, I loved all that. I thought, you're so funny. You're so clever. Your lyrics and that oh. we need a pigtail girl that is good at math. I mean, what a song. It's just so funny. I love it. Oh. Bluesy and yeah, funny so and rocking. No, I, it was really fun to listen to you. Oh, it touches my heart. Thank you. Thank you. I got a bunch of shit online if you want to hear other crap, you know, but thanks. Yeah, guys. tell everybody in the links too, because you're on Mutiny Radio. Yeah, people can download chat, your Michael. awesome. Yeah, okay. put the links in it's the chat. Beautiful. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, put it in the message chat. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. And you got everybody's from the UK there. This is coming from Scotland. I'm Scotland. I'm Ireland. Oh, man. That's I just, Newcastle. I, I went to Europe for the first time. Uh, Last year, I did a tour of uh, Holland and Belgium, and uh, it was oh, so God. wonderful. I'm like, I want to, I want to move there, you know, and not yeah. now. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want me. For at least, wait, how long have, it's, what years is it? 2000? Don't remind us. And, you guys, it's hard when you get as old as me. Um, like, so we met in 2003. Me and you? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. At first, so basically that means for 17 years, I thought that you should have come on tour here, like for in for at the UK and and Ireland. Like, yeah. Totally, I've always thought that you would be. Yeah, all my friends tour. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. You know who? Ch you know Chuck Prophet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they Chuck. really love him in Scotland. Like, love, love, love him in Scotland. So also, Alejandro, also Alejandro, they're really uh -huh. excited about in well, not so much in Scotland, but Northern Ireland and uh, and the Republic of Ireland. They're very, right. they're very hyper about Alejandro, which yeah. way more so than what I've seen at their shows in the states. Like it's just yeah, it's really it's interesting. Like what? Oh, uh, you, you get treated like a king. You get treated like a king. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I would I would walk in and they would give me five hundred uh, euros. And then they'd give me food, and then they, I'd pass my hat around, and they'd fill that up with money, and then they'd buy everything I had, except, um, yeah, they bought everything. I mean, it was insane. It was, in, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Wait, I'm confused. Like, so clearly there's something I don't know. You, did you did you tour the Republic of Ireland? Holland, just Holland and Belgium. Oh, see, I thought that you because because of the record, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just Holland yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the company? What was the name of the label? Uh, no label. I just did it myself. I put it. Oh, myself. really? What year? I don't. Well, like last year. Are you kidding me? I put out so much crap since I since we last. Wait, saw I could have <laughs> seen you. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, what the Oh, right. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you finally got to the Netherlands. To, yeah. Ah, well, that's good. And it took a lot. I don't fly, you guys. So it's like getting on that plane was brutal. Like, I took Xanax and all kinds of shit. Just, it was <laughs> you were with Louis, no? No, I was with uh, Alan Hunter from the Eels. And Alan! Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It was either Louis or Alan. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupted the conversation. I'm gonna oh, is that where you live now? Do you live in Scotland? Yeah, I live in Glasgow. Oh, that's awesome. That's um, awesome. So, but I mean, I don't know. I, like, the v, I, because of Brexit, I'm not, I mean, even before Brexit, I w wouldn't totally be sure how I would stay. Um, but I have two years left on my PhD, so I'm kind of good for now. Right? Can, you get, can, you get can you get married? Marry some fella? I could. <laughs> or lady. Or yeah. somebody. I'm not sure. Could I marry a lady? I don't know what the laws mm -hmm. are here about that crap. Okay. Uh -huh. I feel like the laws are. I feel like the laws about marrying an uh, like a foreign national are a little like it's dicey. Like they're not all that excited about you. Like I feel like they. I don't know why I think this, but I feel like they they are not they are very suspect or suspicious of such marriages. But um, I am actually on my way to, there's a sort of visa that you can get where 
it's like you have proven that you are like an asset artistically to right. the country. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you have to have you're such an asset. Things. You're down. There it is. You're fine. You're, you're an <laughs> asset. <laughs> so there's a couple things that you have to have. There's a couple things that you have to have in order to prove that and it, like prerequisites. And then they'll judge you on the basis of like what you think about your art. Um, right. One Copy. of the things. So I'm, I'm actually about to, in September, I'm about to achieve one of the requirements, which is that you have to have an academic paper published both in the United States and in another country, in two countries. So, right. and on in September, I am giving a presentation at Oxford about Whoa, about poetry, like whatever poetry, blah blah, and that will result in a paper that then <laughs> the conference will publish, which then counts as. An academic paper, so I will have the prerequisites in in or that will allow me to be up for candidacy in receiving that kind of visa. Right. The problem with that is we don't know whether or not that visa will even exist once they get around to implementing Brexit or was I, I don't know what's going to happen with Brexit like. I've looked yeah, it up a number of times. I forget every single time because it's complicated. There, it's not complicated. It just basically, it's like you look it up and you're like, "Yeah, this is a bunch of bullshit," and then you put it out of your mind because it's so dumb that it's not worth remembering. It's like, I think by what is it? Was it June thirtieth? They were supposed to have a plan or something, and then if they didn't have a plan by June thirtieth, then they were going to wait until December to see if there was another plan. Like, I, it's like they keep, it's like a kid negotiating his late term paper, I feel like. Yeah. That's a brilliant analogy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, am I wrong, Beth? I mean, that's- no. what That's actually really good. <laughs> like, well, we don't know. Let us read a couple more books. I need to read another more books. Like, whatever. I feel like, Years ago on, on QI, on the quiz show QI, they used to have an elephant, which you held up and it said, nobody knows. <laughs> and I need a nobody knows elephant. Nobody knows. Right. Yeah. I totally remember that. Anyways, so that's the story well, about my The existence. problem with Brexit is it became this fantasy thing. And everyone could like, like everyone who wanted to leave could project their own fantasy of it. Leave your wife on you. So... If it if it becomes more specific, it loses that, you know, and it runs the risk of, of alienating some people. So it's like, you know, I I honestly think the big problem was a lot of them didn't think they were going to win, and they didn't actually have a plan for what to do if they won. I feel like that was the Trump thing too. People didn't actually. I mean, I before the election, I came here in. September 2016, and I made my mom uh, come out and drink with me, and I was like, you know, this is like Berlin, 1939. Yeah. We're gonna like have to get that out. Yeah. And uh, she was just like, do we think he's gonna win? And I'm like, yeah, no, I know he's gonna win. Like, yeah. I know he is. 
I don't know why I do because it. And then when I got over here after that pussy grabbing, it wasn't the pussy grabbing statement that made me think he was. Maybe he had a chance that he did it. It was when he called that girl from was it Brazil? Like he called her back. Oh and yeah. I I honestly thought that like every that the that. I mean, you've got like the United States is like getting to the point, the tipping point where Caucasians ain't a majority anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like and certainly a majority don't vote of any demographic anyways. So I just thought there was no way that any of the you know Latin population, South American, Central American, even Spanish, would let him get away with that. I thought, but then, you know, it happened. Well, he lost the popular vote, didn't he? It, he didn't, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always what happens, isn't it? I mean, Bush. Yeah. Baby Bush, sorry. Yeah, baby Bush. <laughs> yeah. The shrub. I don't know. Like, just, I knew he was fine. I knew he was fine. <laughs> What? Sorry, it's like my mind makes little images and I'm just. Oh, I see. You know exactly where your mind goes, Beth. No, no, no. It just has like, like, like little trees on legs, like. Yeah. Following along. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go quickly smoke before we are supposed to come back. Okay. Hey, Pam. Yeah. Hey. Your co-host, can you, um, I think D left if he wants to get back in. Oh, I'll let him back in. in. Sure. I'll put on some music and we'll be right back. You guys are listening to Mutiny Radio. Uh, We're on a Zoom. That was a really great discussion. I'm always interested in what people in other countries and other perspectives on what's going on, or even just in our own country, what's going on right now, like, and how, oof what people's perspectives on it are and what's going to happen when we vote. Oh my God. I'm like Kanye 2020. <laughs> is that a, was that a joke online or is that real? Cause he's never been accused of rape. So I'm on board with Kanye. It's like uh, 25 rape allegations against our current president, eight against Biden. How about the guy with no rape allegations? Can we have maybe that it representing us? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're just like a super rapey nation and we're just like, I, I, I don't know. It's, I don't understand that and that whole pussy grabbing thing. Too. I cannot believe that we all just let that go. <laughs> like, oops, I forgot about it already because I'm a dumb American. Boobity boobity boop. Uh, here, we'll put on some music and we'll be back with more poetry. Yay!
I have my mic switched off. Sorry, darling. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I've no, got a manual right. not, not... <laughs> uh, uh, switch on the mic as well. So even though I'm not officially muted on screen, I can I can shut the mic off. You see, and uh, so I don't make too many loud slurping noises. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, here we all are. I'm waiting for Aaron to smoke. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> I'm oh, excited. she doesn't get locked out of the house again. Oh, she got yeah. locked out. What? No, that would be cool. What if the cat comes up and, like, starts meowing at the camera? <laughs> Don't mute cat. <laughs> and you, and you mute got... Stephanie, though. I got locked in the loo this afternoon in Tesco. <laughs> Yeah, take it. Unmuted now. Hi, Stephanie. Well, there's no handle in the door. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> it's not where you want to be stuck, is it? The loose at Tesco. No. Oh, at least, I suppose, at least they're open. Well, I phoned the wife who was sitting in the car and she came and got somebody to get me out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it was hot. I never noticed there was no handle. I just locked it when I went down in there. Unlocked it and... It's so exciting that your computer decided to work again. It just out of nowhere said, yes. I'm dry. And now and then it worked again. Yeah. Maybe it's that's a ploy by like Perfect. the Apple people that if you just wait long enough, it totally works. But they uh, expect you to freak out and throw it away and buy a new one. I, I don't know. Because <laughs> like, you waited a good three weeks. It took three weeks for it to dry out, right? Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. 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 I, I found up apple. I mean, even put it in the hot tank cupboard on the side, kind of like recommended. Then I put it in a bag of rice, and then I was told, no, don't put it in rice. So I just <laughs> left it, and I found up apple, and they says, nah, you just have to wait till the apple stores are open and take it in. And yesterday, I just happened to be passing. I just uh, plug it in, push it on, and went, Oh, that's so great. Like you saved me a fortune. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, I think, though, they build those to break. It's the same thing with, like, why do you need an iPhone 11 if your iPhone 7 works just fine? And, it, it, like, what's the point? I mean, I know all the kids want the newest and the coolest, and that's not my game. But I feel like they make them to break. It's like your screen breaks so easily or something happens just so you'll buy a new one because they're just, like, make them disposable. But they're tiny computers in your pocket, if you think about it. They're just a little computer. I don't know. It yeah. blows my mind that we all have little computers walking around with us now. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't use my I don't use my MacBook much more. Uh, my MacBook more more for kind of printing and things. Although I can print off my phones, but I get more choice in my MacBook. And uh, and this because it's a bit more comfortable on this than it is sitting with a little phone in front of you. But you're stuff. you're old like me. Don't you remember when there were no computers at all? <laughs> like, oh yeah, goodness me! I, I the had phone. It got into the wall, <laughs> and the TV didn't have a remote. Like I remember oh. all those times. I I, I had uh, one of the first car phones, car phone, not a mobile phone, and it was big, yeah. like a big proper house phone with wires. It was wired into everything, you know, and you had to pick it up and dial things to do it in the car. <laughs> and it cost about. 250 quid, and that was back in the 80s. So it was wow, a fancy fin. Wow. My mother bought it as a present, so it wasn't so bad. <laughs> friend, my friend's dad had You one. never phone her. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> I 
my dad had one in his company car and it was like the coolest thing ever yeah that would have been what 86 88 something like that i remember those days i didn't get my first cell phone until 1997. that was so, about the same same time as me yeah and now, and now the children are born with a cell phone in their hand. <laughs> They're like, my God, who does the who does a nine year old have to call, right? Like, <laughs> why do you need one? What are you gonna? And they're like, I want to text my friends. Who are you gonna? T what are you gonna? You can barely read. Come on, <laughs> who are you gonna? Weird, they like learn dances on TikTok and stuff. My niece is, she's on, she's like seven. Uh, we only we only get uh, we didn't even buy she's got an old one of mine the only reason Cara has a phone is because she goes to school at a distance oh. so she needs to be able she goes to our detachment school so she needs to be able to get hold of somebody if something goes wrong and the only reason she has like a real old iPhone is because she doesn't spell well so oh. actually typing on a brick phone was torturous oh, and I yeah. had this old I had a, a old but my old phone sitting in there I was just like this is crazy she needs to be able to use a thing that actually like does stuff <laughs> and she's she's pretty cool about it um, but I'm glad the last few months I am glad that she's got it because she keeps in touch with her, her friends and stuff but she's 12 nearly just now so but we only did it because she was going well the first time we got her a stick phone was because her dad is useless at having a phone anywhere at all got in we got in a crap situation where she couldn't they didn't they couldn't find me and it was the first time she'd ever said to me if i'd had a phone i could have called you and daddy wouldn't have just stood there oh. <laughs> yeah my husband had let, let doesn't give a flying anything about phones really not that fast but he'd um we got uh, we were shopping christmas shopping I took Cara to use the toilets because I had the money to pay for what we were shopping for. And they disappeared and they were gone an hour. And I was calling him and his phone had fallen out of his pocket. was on the floor of the car. That's San Francisco. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's There's been so many. You can't even believe the sirens and the it's it's like a war zone right. out here. And that and Fourth of July was in insane I, I there were fireworks for like four hours it was crazy it was crazy but it's sf like what were people i mean everybody you're an indie everybody spent their spent their stimulus checks on illegal fireworks like it was florida street was popping like all night it was just like it was like a huge like right there it was so crazy i was like what is going on um but there, other than that, there wasn't like nothing's been that crazy. Like with rioting, there's just still a lot of homeless people, and people just right. walking around on the streets, and um, everyone's wearing masks. I, I don't know. It's it's cool. apocalyptic times. I don't know. We're what's gonna happening. set off a bunch of fireworks, illegal fireworks. Yeah. And while we're drunk, and <laughs> we're gonna wear masks. Everyone was safe. No one lost a finger. It was great. <laughs> Not this year. Is, this, is that going to be your tourism strapline? Come to 4th of July, nobody lost a finger. No, yeah, no one lost an eye. It was fine. Are we? Are we? Are we back? Are we back in the zone? Back in the zone. I don't, yes, Andy is saying yes. Cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. So hold on, I will mute all. Ah!
mute all. And then I'm apparently unmuted when that happens, which is sort of annoying. And then, I don't know. Oh, yes, that is a like. fancy drink you have. He's trying to unmute himself, and I'm asking him to unmute. No, I'm trying to pull a drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you are unmuted. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. I guess Mike D left us, which is sad because he's funny. Um, but now we have Ken. Hi, Ken. Yes. Here we go, unmuted. Hello, folks. Hello. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to do something I wrote just two days ago. Um, however, this is not a poem. This is a short piece of prose. Okay. which describes an encounter I had last November. It's called Santa's Little Helper. I screwed up. Not massively, but enough that it still makes me wince. There was this moment, you see, a brief specific window of opportunity, and I missed it, let it slip by. In town, a mad, busy, finger-freezing pre-Christmas shopping day. A bus queue of the weary and overladen. Among them, a young mother with her daughter. I'm never good at judging children's ages, but definitely too old for the buggy now being pressed into awkward service as cargo vessel, piled haphazardly with newly bought toys, each individually bagged, but by no means disguised. The child, I guessed, must have witnessed the purchase of every one of these, possibly overseen and directed the process, chosen the items herself. If this kid had ever believed in Santa, they were cheerfully under no such illusion now. The bus stop was thronged, good-humoured though, and orderly. Every time a bus arrived, the queue would shuffle, reorder itself. Every time the queue shuffled, the buggy would trundle forward. Every time the buggy moved, one of the toys, always the same one, would shake loose and fall off. Being nearest to hand and relatively unburdened, I'd only been into town to buy a shirt, I would pick the item up and hand it to the mother. We would share a smile and then she would jam it back onto the pile no less precariously than before in the same place from which it had just fallen. Had we not been strangers, I might have gently queried the wisdom of this, suggested that rather than keep on trying to force something into a position where it clearly didn't fit, maybe it might be a better idea to rearrange the buggy's contents a bit, let the item find its own space, one where it would feel more secure, less prone to upset and potential damage. But I didn't feel it was my place. It happened three times. On the third occasion, I'd just received a text, was in the middle of replying. As I crouched to retrieve the toy, I saw that the daughter was also reaching for it. I passed it to her. She took the package, but did not return the smile. Instead, she looked thoughtful, almost puzzled. I returned to my texting. By the time my message was finished and sent, my right hand was pale and cold. <laughs> I was glad to get my glove back on. It was then I noticed that the girl was watching me, 
with that same look of perplexity, as if trying to work something out to square some geometrically impossible circle. I'd no idea why, and frankly cared little, far beyond me to fathom the mind of someone's kid. My attention drifted to the electronic timetable display, idly curious to see just how much further behind schedule my bus had slipped since the last time I'd looked. Then I heard her, in the kind of exaggerated stage whisper that only a child would ever believe could go publicly unnoticed, urgently trying to get her mother's attention. Ma'am, ma'am, she tugged at her mother's sleeve. Ma'am, what? She gestured in my direction. That man, what about him? He's got nails. Leave it, shush. But, but, but ma'am, but that man, why's that man got, shut up, Denise, now? And that was it the moment I knew I'd missed my moment. It's not as if I wasn't ready. Even though I'd only been wearing nail varnish in public for about a month, I had all my ducks in a row, had marshaled a whole army of responses to possible reactions from the knowing comments of adults, positive and otherwise, to this, the honest curiosity of a child. I'd have happily engaged with Denise, explained that I wore nail varnish for the same reason she did, because it was pretty and I liked it. If I'd done that, seized the moment when it arose and run with it, I could have saved her dog-tired, stressed-out mother from the pit of embarrassment in which she now writhed, and saved Denise from a bus journey home, wondering what must be so very wrong about it, about me that its explanation should be literally unspeakable. Call me naive, a starry-eyed optimist, but I like to think that one day, let it be soon, Denise will get it, that this whole business of there being only two paths in life and of having to look and behave in a given way according to which path you've been assigned, like it's hardwired into you from birth, is a lie. A fabrication, no more real than Santa Claus. You know, just a story they tell to little kids. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Where Wolves of London? Sorry, I went, ah, and I didn't know what else to do after that. Um, so next we have Pam. Are you ready, Pam? Oh, it's me, how exciting, yay, yay. Um, so. Your deliveries are so absolutely just well executed. Oh, yeah. Like, I just feel like both last week and this week, it's like, very theatrical, but not in a sort of lovey way. I've just started learning how to use that word in the, <laughs> in the British sense. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's really you know, funny. He performs you know I mean? really well. I totally agree with that. Like, he's has a richness in his voice and a and a sense behind okay. his words that's like very present, and it's great. 
It's yeah, exactly. same as it, well. It was like that guy earlier, the the one who does the with the great the like the children's books with the pictures and the stuff. Yeah. Same thing, just like yeah. such great performance yeah. quality going on. Like yay, mm -hmm. everybody! Exactly. I will try to live up to your uh, awesomeness. Oh, I have to put on my old lady glasses because this is this is this is what happens. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, uh, my first poem is like poetics I don't know if you guys are into that it's a you know a poem about poetry uh, okay it's called about poets please believe in poets they are liars and bad learners birds flying from the carcass of truth retaining no opinions they drown in a barrel of memory adulterating the wine poisoning wisdom with tender emotions phantoms and boastful pride they know something of the shall-be, those pitiful has-beens. They imagine the day after tomorrow and gaze far into the distant sea with weary spirits growing tired of themselves, seeking infinite spectators, pearls strewn onto the sand. All right, there's the first one. I don't know why I was so negative about poets, and I think, I think when I was in graduate school, like... Um, Poets were, you know, pretentious and mean, and I was like, oh, you poets, you're so much smarter than me. I'm going to write a poem about you. But then it's also a poem about me and my pretentiousness, which I find hilarious. Okay. At least I can admit it, right? Um. Okay, this next one is called Concerning Things That Can Be Doubted. And um, this is a – I use this thing called FLARF, and it's a, it's a poetic convention from, like, you know, 2006 to 2014, where you take other things and then redact them or change them. Like, it could be a news article. It could be well. So I decided to redact um, Descartes because I knew it would make me sound smart. And um, and he wrote a book called Concerning Things That Can Be Doubted, and it was about government stuff. And okay, here we go. There is novelty in reflection, false opinions true highly doubtful premises from uncertain times. I am misled by certain lunatics befogged by bile, gold, and purple naked. Imagine heads of clay, bodies of glass, black vapors as kings, insane fools following. Oh, the plausible quiet nights I have become accustomed to, dreams drugged in sleep, stretching a hand to careful matters. Bewilderment, shaking the heads of sirens and satyrs. Bizarre shapes in nature, seen and composed and real. I am bound to confess universal truth more simple. There is no earth, no sky, no God is judge. Everything is uncertain. <gasps> oh, I know it sounds so smart when you flarf Descartes, doesn't it? I'm like, ooh, look at that. I sound like a smart person. I like that. Okay. Um, let's see. I'll do one more. Let's see. I have to choose between three. Should I do one about communism? Yeah. Okay. This is called Commies. What did Julius and Ethel get in trouble for? Surely you would know. Blacklisted and cracked down consistent with the times. Do you know the times? Let's race oil out of a new country. 
the rugged individual KOs community value. Little did we know corporations would become individuals, a perversion of the original. Let's take them to trial for murder. Capital punishment for the corporate individual. Frighten me into believing one and one is three. My romantic idealism maps battle lines. A jagged cut but clearly seen through my skin. My heart is beating real and stands in community. Okay. Communism. Mm. Um, one last one, one last one, and it's called Apocalypse Now? Question mark? And um, I don't know. This is I, I envisioned the apocalypse much differently than it has been unfolding. But <laughs> three-eyed Russian bears became part of the national fabric. But we already talked about that. Beheadings on a mass scale, hundreds or thousands. We're doing fine, we whispered. Everything is the new Iron Curtain, better than democracy in Athens. And we trust them because we have no eyes but the screen. Fiercely paranoid that we could be smeared away back to the shadows in the cave. Spirit is the problem. Ugh, and then we got mystical again. But where do capitalism and the church fit into that? Individuals are helpless against vast economic powers. I could lose my life for being on the wrong side of art. They might secure this transmission. Am I allowed to write without eating bonbons on a sofa? Denying the new optimism is a crime against the state. We must all do our work in the basement where there is nothing left to lose. We gather together in people's kitchens and read poetry. The noise pressed out with quietly whispered thinking, the wrong protocol. The police are coming and bears walk the streets. Okay, that's my stuff for today. Woohoo! <laughs> bears walk the street. Bears! Woo! Bears are walking yeah. the street. Well, I've been watching it a has, lot of alone bears. It's, I, I don't. I haven't seen the show, oh, but it's so good. it has double symbolism because California's animal is a bear. Is the bear? Yeah, but I like to think of him as, like, the three-eyed Russian bear stuff comes. I I finally watched that Chernobyl thing and. Oh my God! Like that—that that was real, and uh, that's—I mean, th there's so much stuff right now that is that we're revealing about the past that tells us how scared we should be of the future. Because if they knew about that, they knew and they covered it up, and we know so many things now that were like covered up. And uh, well, that's—I mean—that's the that, bears I mean, calling I, now. I, that's funny. I know the bears are calling. Somebody usually it's a flashy light, but someone changed it to be able to hear it. I'm like, dang it, restore the, restore the station. Okay, keep it talking. Just I'm means you're into it. <laughs> Somebody phoned in to complain. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, yeah, shut yeah. up! <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh no. Um. <laughs> okay, so you know what? You're next, darling. Oh shit! Cool. Spotlight this helps. Cool. Um, can you hear me okay, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah. Going back to what Pam said about hating poets, um, when me and Erin first decided to do this, we were gonna um I can't remember what the name was gonna be, but the tagline was gonna be 
fuck the pottery snobs or death to pottery snobs. Yeah. And I was like, like so like I, I was like, I I I I agree. That's but what then I was like, Andy, that was your idea. Like I was like, what should we call it? And you were like, fuck pottery snobs. I I think I said it sort of tongue-in-cheek while slightly intoxicated. Raider Um, Nation. Raider Nation. Raider Nation in the back. I see that loud and clear. That's beautiful. That is I'm sad that I'm sad they're in Las Vegas. But Raider Nation, right on. Ah, nice one, thank you. Um, yeah, so what else was I gonna say? I don't know. Um oh thanks. Yeah, I've got loads of lights. Um, so, I haven't written anything for a while. Um, I finished this about 10 minutes before I joined the meeting. Um, it's tongue-in-cheek. Well, kind of. Um, it doesn't have a name. It's it's kind of about an ex, but not in that sort of, like, soppy poetry way. I don't know. I'm just going to read it, and then you'll see. Before you start, lock the door, shut the blinds, draw the curtains, and remember where everything is, as it is, as it was, as it must be when we're done. Take photos of the order of clothes to make sure all is as it should be, to be certain to note which hanger and which way it's hung. Can't be too careful, though it's not like she'd notice. See what's on offer tonight, curse her for taking my favourite shade, Find my solitary brush and resign myself to making the best of what's been left behind. Another vital rule. Always upstairs. Never downstairs and no matter what, no matter how cocky you get, never on the stairs. That would be one way to let her know, wouldn't it? Before she's ready and before I'm ready. The key turns, the door opens, her jaw opens, and I'm just lying there, looking absolutely stunning, but in need of severe medical attention. But above all else, before we begin, make sure wipes and remover are available. Can't risk her catching me with my eyes closed and her pants down. Thanks. Poet takes a drink of wine. Where are you? Oh, that, that's the. Are you only doing one? Yeah, like I haven't written anything fucking ages. Like I literally rushed oh. that one out today. That's okay. Um, yeah. So now you introduce me. Okay. Um. So next up, you might not know this person because you've never seen them before. It's a surprise mystery guest. <laughs> um, coming all the way from Scotland. No, it's Aaron. <laughs> Um, also, Erin, before you start, I think we should mention at some point um, about mutiny, and we should put something in the yes, chat. Yes, 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 please. Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah, I mean, so COVID is like killing mutiny radio. Not yet, but um, we have <laughs> rent secured through September 30th, but once September 30th comes, unless COVID like unlocks everything we just there's no money to keep the place alive and there's no there's been no like government help for me um 
and I don't have unemployment or anything. So I'm like, what am I going to do? But I'm, I mean, I'm, I have a GoFundMe right now. It's on the cover of our website, mutinyradio.fm. And if you ever want to just Venmo. And I put it on the cover of the Choose Life or Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Oh, thank you so much for doing that. It, I mean, it. No, no worries. I'm really hoping that we're going to get the funding that we can at least last through the year because I, I just want to keep free speech alive until COVID can be lifted and then we can get back to norm. But what is normal and et cetera, et cetera. And I am just trying to figure out, you know, there's got to be a way to keep this place alive. So and I think and it's important if it's important to me, it's important to the community here. If it's important to the community at large, I feel like we'll get supported. And I'm, so I'm not really worried. Like I'm not freaking out like I normally would because I'm actually feeling quite supported in these COVID times. And especially this poetry reading, I'm telling you, I put it on the Facebook all the time. It's like the highlight of my week. It, I love all of you so much and that everyone is still writing and sharing their work. And it's personal and it's about what's happening now. And it, it's like a we're making a real artifact of what's happening in this time. And, and I think that's really important. So thank you all for being a part of it. Yay! Thank you, Sam. And even just from this distance, which I believe is like 6,000 miles away, uh, it would kind of break my heart if Mutiny Radio went down. Um, I've been lining up more. I'm, I'm sorry, you guys, uh, that my um, the milieu from which I have to draw musicians is like, <laughs> it's kind of like cis het dude. Like, a lot of it, um, I was in a country band, which actually this leads into what I'm going to read tonight. I was in a country band in the 2000s, and Mike D was, his band, the Son of a Bitch band, was one of the ones that we played with quite a bit, and um, it was, we were all lefty, like, leftist, like, doing, like, you know, Mother Jones history type stuff, union history. Um, that kind of redneck history as opposed to the rednecks who care about the statues um and i'm not a redneck i'm immigrant trash from italy and ireland so i can't claim to have a coal miner grandfather or something like that but um yeah like it would yeah like just it would suck if mutiny radio left us it would break my heart because it would be like the, like it'd just be another death knell for like the cool San Francisco, which I know it happens all the time. But <laughs> I know once the, once the, uh, um, I can't even remember what it's called now. And that's a terrible thing. It was the, it was on Polk Street, and it had this amazing back room. Chemo's? And well, Chemo's is gone too. But the one that was, um, the God, it's, it doesn't start with an H. It's the coolest bar, and it's gone, and now it's a hemlock. big the hemlock. The yeah. Oh, the hemlock. The when it disappeared, and now it's a huge high rise, and it sucks. And um. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, that was it was a and it, I mean, you know, it was a dicey that the hemlock was dicey. It was like, fun. That was like I love that place. That was where you went like if you wanted to shoot speed, but like, but nonetheless, it was it was the end of an era when the hemlock. No, mm. not the hemlock. I'm thinking of the mother load. Forget it. And then they opened another mother load across the street with the Jade Dragon. And anyways, whatever. Sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't know the hemlock was closed. That's yeah. crazy. Actually, funnily enough, at Chemo's, Mike D met my mom once 
my parents, it was the first time they'd ever seen me perform rock and roll, like on stage. And we all went out to um, the balcony to smoke. And my husband and I were there, although I wasn't married to him yet. I'm not sure we weren't even engaged yet. And my mom came out to smoke with us as though, well, she doesn't smoke, but she kind of thought she was being like hip mom. And <laughs> like, she was like, I said, mom, this is, you know, this is Mike D. And she was like, you can call me mom. And he just like, thanks. I have a mom. <laughs> it's so awesome. Like, I, I, I was like, thank you. Thank you, Mike D. Thank you. <laughs> So great. Like just you, it was, it was just a 